This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. KYW Original Podcasts. Amidst a global pandemic and numerous restaurant closures, Philadelphia sees two new restaurants opening this week and a new pop-up concept. It's definitely not an industry to get into if you're not willing to do whatever it takes to survive. This is a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia. That's a quick, delicious, flavorful bite. It was really hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood-burning oven from Italy. It is intense. And hear about quirky stuff, too. Eat a pint of ice cream as quickly as you can and then resume the fire. 5K. This is What's Cooking on KYW. I'm Hadass Kuznets with Tobias Moser of The Wayward in the Canopy Hotel at 1170 Ludlow Street. So, uh, Tobias, you recently opened a new restaurant here in the hotel. What's it like to open a restaurant in the midst of a pandemic? Um, I mean, we, we definitely had a lot of a lot of time to prepare. Uh, we were we were supposed to open originally back in April uh, when we were when we were obviously shut down due to everything. Um, and the process from from then till till now with, with being open um, has been just a lot of pivoting. Um, you know, constantly keeping an eye on what the guidelines are being handed down. How that's gonna how that's gonna affect our service, um, keeping our guests safe, keeping our employees safe, uh, and I think that I think that is a, is a big word during all this safe safe and and trust uh, you know trust from that our you know we're gonna keep our employees safe and and same thing for our guests I think they go hand in hand you know ha- happy. Employees make happy guests, um, and, and safety is definitely a big part of that. But surprisingly, while a lot of restaurants are not able to make it through the pandemic, some are opening, and that's not the only restaurant that is opening. Chef Ricky Camacho is the chef of a new Northern Liberties restaurant called Anejo. It is at 1001 North 2nd Street. And, uh, Ricky, I know this was something that, uh, I, I spoke with your partners about several months back. So this has been kind of like a long time in the making. Is that right? Yes. Yes. It, it has, uh, much longer than any of us really wanted it to be. Uh, but nonetheless, we're, we're, we're here now. Then there's Philly restaurateur Michael Schulson, who is opening up a new pop-up restaurant in the middle of a pandemic. It's called Charcoal. So, uh, Michael, what prompted you to take on something new in the middle of a global health crisis? Well, well, honestly, I think the answer between uh, my wife and I was we were bored. Um, we were looking for something to do. And uh, we, we thought that this would be a perfect opportunity to do something that was 
uh, true to our heart and a concept that we've always loved and, and are thinking about doing here in Philly. So we figured, why not give it a shot during this downtime? Boredom was not exactly the answer I was expecting, but it does make sense considering that Schulzen will be picking up the outdoor space in front of some of his other restaurants for the pop-up. We kind of looked at it as Harp and Crown is is very much about event space and uh, a big bar and a fun American concept and pizzas and hamburgers. And, and there's just there's tons of pizzas and hamburger places out there. And um, you obviously can't do a big bar and you can't do events and you can't do all that stuff. And Giuseppe and Sons is Italian where you're competing with all the pizza places and everyone else who does a nine dollar chicken parmesan and all that stuff. And for us, that's kind of and there's a lot of event space in there. So for us, how do we compete with that? And we just thought that it was a really tough play right now. So we thought about doing a different concept. And that's how we came up with this. So what are some of the considerations when it comes to menu or opening or safety uh, or even like financial considerations that you have to make when opening up a new restaurant? So there definitely was a financial consideration because we're limited in the amount of seats that we're going to have. Um, so we, the numbers always have to work. Obviously, we're not doing something to lose money. So you have to think about, OK, we're going to have probably about 20 tables, 25 tables, and you figure about four people. So maybe we're going to do 100, maybe 200 covers a day if we're lucky. You also have to figure, look, you're going to get two to three days of bad weather whether it's either going to be too hot or too cold. So you have to figure out the numbers and then you have to figure out how much money you could actually spend on it. So you're definitely thinking about that um, in terms of the menu. You want to be smart about it. You don't want to have 10 guys in the kitchen trying to cook the menu. It needs to be a, a smaller staff. So you're going to do a slightly smaller menu. Um, and, and just those kind of things. You're also struggling with trying to get staff back with the PPP funding and people trying to um, get the $600 check a week. They're not looking to come back to work so fast. So staffing has to be at a minimum and you have to figure that out as well. So there's just a lot more moving parts in this whole thing. Moser tells me they've definitely had to rework their business model for the Wayward Inn throughout the pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, over the last couple months, we've pivoted with every single thing that the government's passed down and the guidelines. You know, when it was only to go, we started thinking about do we want to do a ghost kitchen, uh, redoing our menu to be more takeout friendly, um, and, and really just pivoting with, with menus, with budgets, um, and, and adapting to whatever was handed to us. Uh, I think, I think Chef and I probably wrote like six menus before landing on this one, uh, just with so many things happening. Uh, but we really do feel good about where it landed. I think it, it, you know, even though everything's changing so much, it really creates opportunity to to change and to adapt and, and make it the best thing possible. Um, we've, uh, you know, definitely utilized uh, the, our outdoor space and, and, you know, changed it and moved it around for social distancing, obviously. And same thing with our steps of service to keep everybody uh, safe during during this. For Ricky Camacho, the challenges in opening Añejo through the pandemic have been a lot more personal. You know, owning restaurants is hard. Period. It doesn't matter when 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 the time is, or uh, so you know, it's not. It's definitely not an industry to get into um, if you're not willing to do whatever it takes to survive. So this is just a time where we have to do a little bit more. Uh, but everybody's busting their butts and, and doing the best uh, they can to, to accomplish the mission. What have you learned through the pandemic? <sighs> so much. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a whole lot. Um, there's just, I've learned 
just how uh, strong one has to be to get this done. You know, I've I've personally had a, a lost my older brother to uh, COVID-19. Um, and it was probably, you know, not that it's ever a great time to lose a family member. But in th- all of this and, and keeping restaurants alive and, you know, just doing everything we can, uh, you have these other things that happen in life uh, that just sort of add to everything that needs to happen. The adjustments one has to make. So I'd say, if anything, I, I've learned... Uh, you know, what really is important to me, uh, just how strong, uh, you know, I can be as well as the people around me, how wonderful my team has been, you know, every, you know, from the line cooks to the dishwashers to the sous chefs and the chef de cuisines, uh, we've just all had to make insane adjustments, you know, sometimes shifting an entire staff from one restaurant to another. And it's just, you know, sometimes, you know, it it gets rough and then, uh, you know, you're able to look back and be like, holy cow, we really did that. Um, and I think, you know, down the line, uh, what I look forward to the most about all of this is uh, just sort of being able to look back and, you know, look at the people that uh, went through this with us and, hey, remember when this happened? Remember when we did that? And, you know, just building sort of these lifelong memories and these war stories and, uh, you know, all the more to appreciate it, everything for. I'm so sorry about your brother. Thank you. Thank you. So you lost him. You're grieving and then you're opening this new restaurant. He would have not wanted me to stop. The entire time I could totally hear him in my head. Like, I won't say what he would tell me, but it would. It, it's pretty much something to the effect of don't be a punk. Keep going. You know, like, don't worry. You know, just he's always he'd always tell me to push and push and push. And we've been through a lot as kids and whatever. Uh, so, you know, adversity is nothing, uh, nothing new to us. Uh, but yeah, this was definitely a little trying and testing. Do you know how he got COVID? I don't. I don't. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, he was, uh, you know, he didn't really leave the house much. He had kidney failure. Uh, so he was uh, in line to receive my kidney somewhere down the line. Uh, but one way or another, he got it. Um, you know, we're not exactly sure how. And he fought. He fought hard, was in the hospital didn't last very long after he had a ventilator but uh, you know he fought he did you know he did well and you know we talk and you know talking to his wife I feel like he knew he wasn't gonna make it but he never made that a point when we would speak on the phone or, or talk to threats uh, through text and he's trying to like maintain sort of the same sarcastic tone he always has as a big brother or whatnot um, but this is I know this is exactly what he would have wanted to happen um, so, you know, I, I consider, despite what I've lost, um, I consider myself lucky for what I've gained and continue to. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to be able to come out of this and say that they've been able to add a restaurant, you know, to to, to their portfolio or, you know, to what they're doing. So having been touched by coronavirus, um, are you at all worried about, you know, coronavirus opening your restaurant? No. No, because we're taking many steps. We're taking many steps and every step that we can uh, to just ensure the safety of ourselves and our customers. Uh, you know, and, and it's, I'd say the toughest part is the, the additional uh, capital that's needed to do these kinds of things, but it's worth it, you know, because it's going to keep us safe. It's going to keep us open uh, and it'll keep us, it'll keep the mission alive. You know, it'll keep the mission of getting great food into people's mouths and educating them on amazing agave distillates and, you know, kind of just bringing, bringing Northern liberties uh, to, to a place where they could enjoy these things and, and know that they can do that safely. So 
No, I'm not worried. So let's talk about the food and the restaurants. Anijo is a, a inspired Mexican restaurant. We have a big focus on on, on our agave program, uh, which features tequila, mezcal, bacanara, ricea, uh, and pretty much any agave distillate that uh, you may have or not have heard of. Um, and we have a great food program featuring some modern Mexican food. Food that's uh, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's traditional food. I'm I'm not. Uh, traditional chef in a sense but i do use authentic ingredients and pay homage to the culture of mexico and different parts such as oaxaca what does añejo mean añejo means aged it's also a tequila category which basically is a agave distillate being tequila that's been aged for 12 months or more what kind of food are you serving at the wayward uh so it's an american brasserie uh so we're american but really french rooted in some traditional brasserie dishes some highlights i would say uh we have uh, escargot croquettes, um, which are very different. It really embodies the essence of what that dish is traditionally with that, you know, beautiful parsley garlic kind of flavor uh, and puts it in a crunchy kind of snack uh, that, that Chef was really fond of during during his childhood. That kind of clicked with me and we were discussing, you know, I, I, I ate something Similar to that in Paris when I was there, uh, I guess around a year ago. And that innovation and conversations back and forth kind of just started developing, you know, dishes like that. You know, I, I often say that, you know, eating different cuisines does inspire people to travel. That's not going to be happening in a while. Is the pandemic in the back of your mind always when you when it comes to all the different aspects of dining? Yeah, um, you, you know, I think that. Since traveling is limited, it's, you know, if we can bring something that is reminiscent of of a, a journey like that, I think that's that's always fun. And it's dining is about creating an experience. It's not just about going out to, to eat and be fed. You know, it's really about transporting you somewhere that, that gives you a feeling. And that's kind of I feel like the next the next level of dining, you know. In the case of Michael Schulson's pop-up, he wants to transport you to Asia. So charcoal is a Korean concept. With uh, It's cooked over an open flame with charcoal. And uh, there are things on the menu from uh, sliced roast pork to sliced barbecue marinated pork that you grill over the open charcoal. You have short rib. You have pork belly. You have uh, a grilled whole fish. You have chicken. You have flank steak. There's just a lot of proteins that you cook over an open flame. And then they're all served with these small dishes of, of vegetables that are pickled and cured and fermented uh, that it comes with. And it comes with lettuce and it comes with rice. And you kind of make a, a lettuce wrap out of the meat inside of it. And that's kind of what the entrees are. And then the appetizers range from anything from gyozas to scallion pancakes to um, hot hot pot rice where it's cooked in a bowl and things like that. So it's a fun, unique concept. And I think it's something that people are really going to dig right now when, when everything is so serious and kind of a buzzkill. Where does your interest for Korean food come? Look, I lived in Asia for a while, for eight months, and, and I've always loved Asian food. Korean food is one of my favorite. I just think the... Uh, the simplicity of the Korean barbecue is just great. Now, Shulsan doesn't have an end date for his charcoal pop-up set yet, but he says it wouldn't be surprising to them if they plan to create a charcoal brick and mortar at some point in the future. Is that what people tend to do with pop-ups? Is it usually like a test run, a test kitchen? That's exactly kind of what it is. A little, little test run, see how it goes, see what you could do with it, see how the feedback is and see what's going on. And speaking of the future, are there any precautions or measures that you're taking now that you think are going to stick? We're doing a lot more through computers with QR codes in terms of looking at the menu and some ordering online and things like that. 
Um, I think I think that kind of stuff may stick. Um, we're doing a lot more with with handheld devices that may stick. Um, I think that that people are starting to really be smart about labor and, and other things. And we're going to all continue to do that because everyone's lost the income and the revenue for an extended period of time. So you kind of have to rethink things. So what does Schulson think about the restaurant industry today and not having indoor dining at the moment? Look, as an operator, it's easy to say I'm annoyed at it. But honestly, as a as a citizen and, and somebody, a resident of Philadelphia, I think it's actually the right move. I think if you take a look around and you look what's going on in places like uh, Georgia and you look what's going on in Florida and California had to close back down, all these places that opened up inside – um, it's really spread really fast, and um, that that's not good for anybody. So I think it's important to be safe. And um, would I like us to open up at fifty percent? Of course I would. But the the right thing to do in my eyes is keep us closed a little longer and, and try and wrap our ha- heads around this, and and let's have a responsibility to the society and the community and do the right thing. And like, let's not get this to spread. So what impact does he think the virus will have on the restaurant economy? Look, I think that the restaurants that were not doing well before the pandemic will not stay open. I think that the ones that have a lot of bank debt will not stay open as well. And I think that the others will try and survive and figure it out and We'll go from there. And I think a lot of it is going to fall on the government in terms of what they do for small businesses to see what comes next. Michael Schulson, thank you so much. You got it. Thank you. Tobias Moser, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, Ricky Camacho, thank you all for joining me. Thank you so much. Uh, this, this, was, this was a lot of fun. That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at Food in the 215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadas Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadas Kuznets, and that's What's Cooking. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.